I am going to talk today about the Trinity. And I've been really terrified about putting this one together. When God put it on my heart, I'm like, oh, why? <laughs> because it's so big. And oh my goodness, you know, full of self-doubt. But actually, it's been one of the, the best ones to put together. Like, I really, really enjoyed putting it together and just enjoyed, I guess, getting some real clarity for myself in it this morning. So I'm really hoping I can kind of share that with you. So question, have you ever found yourself kind of floundering to explain the Trinity to someone. Someone says, talk to me about the Trinity, like, (laughs) where do I start? (laughs) I'm glad it's not just me. Do you ever wonder who to pray to in any given moment? Like, do I pray to the Father? Do I pray to the Son? Do I pray to the Spirit? What do I, does anyone else? Not just me? Oh, phew, I'm in good company. So I've called my message, Unlocking the Mystery of the Trinity. Now, confession right from the get-go, as I've been putting this together, whilst I had really good intentions, I've decided that my title probably should have been Endeavouring to Lock the Mystery of the Trinity. (laughs) But hey, we will endeavour. Job 11, 7-9 says, Can you fathom the mysteries of God? Can you probe the limits of the Almighty? They are higher than the heavens. What can you do? They are deeper than the depths below. What can you know? Their measure is longer than the earth and wider than the sea. Give up. (laughs) Isaiah 55, 8 to 9 says, My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord, and my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Deuteronomy 29, 29 says, The Lord our God has secrets known to no one. We are not accountable for them, thank you, Lord, but we and our children are accountable forever for all that he has revealed to us so that we may obey all the terms of these instructions. So there are many, 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 many things about God (laughs) that try as we may, we will never fully wrap these finite brains around. The Trinity is one of them. It is so far outside of our understanding as humans. And yet, we need to have enough understanding of it to be able to relate to God as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, right? And I believe right there is step one in unlocking the mystery, acknowledging that it will remain a mystery. Right, you can go home now. No. No, 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 no. It's actually one of the things that I most love about God is that I can't fully explain him or understand him. I mean, that's what makes him God and me definitely not. (laughs) Funnily enough, it's also what helps me to trust him. He's not limited by my intellect, my reasoning, my world, my nothing. The fact that I know I can't understand him or his mysteries actually takes the pressure off having to understand them. I simply learn that he is God, he is trustworthy, he is faithful. And so I let him do what he does. And as I let him be God, my trust grows. Get how it works? You should try it. It's really good. (laughs) 
But in saying that, here we are on earth doing our best to grow in our relationship with God, right? Oh my goodness, guys. Here we are on earth doing our best to grow in our relationship with God. Yeah, I thought so. So I don't know about you, but I would like to better understand how to relate to all three persons of the Godhead. I asked before, do you ever wonder which one do I pray to? And you're not sure, so you just say God or Lord, and then it covers all three. Anyone else do that? Yeah. <laughs> I'm so relieved. I was scared that as one of your pastors that I'd be the only one in the building. That, you know. Anyway, really good. Sometimes it's really obvious, you know, maybe I'm reading or pondering about Jesus and I just get overwhelmed by him, by what he's done, by, just by him. I get so overwhelmed, so I find myself talking to him and just pouring out my heart to him. That's talking to Jesus. Other times I might be walking into a meeting where I know I'm going to need an extra dose of wisdom because it's one of those meetings. And so I'll pray, Holy Spirit, please give me wisdom. I need to hear your voice in this meeting. I need it to be you, not me. Please fill this room with your presence. Holy Spirit, fill me with your presence. I'll talk to the Holy Spirit. If we pray as Jesus directed, we pray to the Father, through the Son, and by the power or the help of the Holy Spirit. Personally, I think don't get caught up and I have to pray to the right God person. Let him guide you. Also, they're not sitting there in heaven going, well, they got that one wrong. That one should have been directed to me. I am so offended. I am not going to answer. God is not some dumb human that he would care about that kind of thing. Isn't that good? He, plural, just wants to hear us talking to him. He, plural, just wants relationship with us. So we could leave it there. We could realize that we'll never fully understand. Just leave it alone. Pray to whoever's listening and carry on. But I think whilst we can acknowledge the Trinity will always be a relative mystery... The Bible does talk a lot about all three persons, a lot, with their distinct roles. So I think there is a level of understanding that we can grasp or at least reach for and grow in. You with me? I mean, not at least trying to understand would be as stupid as a husband saying to a wife, I'll never understand you. You might as well stay on Venus. I might as well stay on Mars and we just won't try. How do we think the relationship will go? I mean, you can at least work on understanding one another whilst acknowledging you may not ever fully get there. Right, men? (laughs) We'll leave that one there. (laughs) Come on, what would you do without us? So I've been trying to come up with some good analogies to help us better understand the Trinity. I love analogies. They help me to understand things that are bigger than me. So... One, of the, one you've probably heard in relation to the Trinity is an egg. People say the Trinity is like an egg. One egg, three parts, shell, white, and yolk. One egg, three parts. Personally, I think that falls really short, and I struggle to compare God to an egg. <laughs> so we're not going to use that one, so here you go. <laughs> Don't worry, I was boiled. <laughs> do that, I'd have to end up cleaning up the mess. Come on. (laughs) Are you right there? It's pretty fresh. You can eat it if you want. (laughs) Just please take your rubbish with you. 
<laughs> Another idea that I had was using a basic piano chord called a triune. Interestingly, we refer to God as a triune God. A piano, a three-part piano chord is called a triune. And I'm going to get your help in this one. I'm not going to throw anything at you. Can I have Stephanie and Rebecca up here either side of me, please? It's all right. No eggs involved. I won't get you to do a cartwheel or anything. I've chosen you for your beautiful harmonic abilities. Okay? So... There's such a thing called a chord, right? And a chord is made up of three harmonic notes. So the chord of C, for example, I'll try and play it with my... <laughs> Can you hear that? Right? La, la, la. So we're actually going to get you doing that. So Stephanie, you're going to lead them in the la. We're going to go la, la. We're going to do one at a time. We'll try the la. 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 So that sounded lovely, but I think one note on its own is kind of lacking, isn't it? So should we try two? We'll go la, la. So you go hold your la. 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 It's getting there, eh? Shall we try it? La, la, la. Yeah. Okay, we're still not quite there, so we're going to get all three going at once, okay? So you guys are going to have to take a big, deep breath because you're holding it the longest. So big <laughs> breath. Okay, ready? La, la, la. Oh, wow, listen to you. Now you can all join the worship team. <laughs> That's amazing. So if we sing one note, it's not a chord. If we sing only C and E or E and G, it's not a full C chord. It needs all three notes to be a full harmonic chord. One chord, one chord made up of three parts. So I kind of like that analogy, but it did help me to understand the, the harmonious nature of the Trinity with the three parts coming together to make one. But it still doesn't really cut it, I don't think. Like a singular C, E, or G note, it's just that. It's a singular note. It's, it takes all three to be a chord. In contrast, whilst all three persons of the Trinity make up the Godhead, the Father is fully God. The Son is fully God. The Holy Spirit is fully God. Pretty amazing, eh? I also thought of using myself as an analogy. I am Suze. And within this being of Suze, there is Suze the wife, Suze the mother, and Suze the pastor. I'm not one third of each. I'm 100% wife, I'm 100% mother, and I'm 100% pastor. I don't just function in one of those roles at a time. I don't switch any of them off although sometimes I really try. <laughs> it's very hard. Sometimes a situation is fully involving Sue's the pastor, other times maybe pastor and wife are all happening at the same time. When the kids lived at home on Sundays, I was Sue's the pastor, Sue's the mother, Sue's the wife. <laughs> what a day that was. When I'm at home, it's just me and Tom now, I try not to let Sue's the mother out. 
Although, no, I won't. I won't. I won't. I won't. We won't go there. He's not here to defend himself. <laughs> now, this analogy did help me a little bit with my understanding. However, it does still fall short. Three roles within one person. The Trinity is much more than that. Any earthly analogy to try and understand the Trinity is going to fail miserably. Why? Because there is one God. We will never see anything like him anywhere else. We are not supposed to be able to compare him to anything else. He is incomparable. So, we need to go to the Word and at least see if we can leave this place understanding even a little more than when we arrived. That's my goal today, that we go away understanding a little bit more about the Trinity. This is not going to be a deep theological message in one sermon. The Trinity's too big to do that. My goal is that we can simplify it down so that, I mean, I think of Lily, absolutely amazing. That was my, the, the highlight of my day today, was hearing what you shared. That is fantastic, keep going. It was a child at school that spoke to me about God that started my journey with God, a brave child. I love it. That wasn't in my notes. What was I saying? Yes. <laughs> so I would even love, like Lily, you know, the next step, what if this person that she talked to about Jesus wants to know more about, or they hear the word Trinity, and they go, what's that? What's Lily going to say to them? I wanted to make it simple for people to understand the Trinity today. My encouragement would be that if you want to study in it more, talk to your connect group leaders, pound on them to study it. <laughs> and if you're not in the connect group, come and see me afterwards. Shameless plug. So the Trinity is made up of tri and unity, meaning three in one. And we're going to start in the very first verse, in the very first chapter of the Bible. Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. We're all very familiar with that. And what I didn't know was that the Hebrew word for God in this verse is Elohim, which is actually a plural word. It's a plural word. Why are they using a plural word for God? Well, figure it out. <laughs> the singular word is Eloah, or El, E-L. Using the word Elohim would suggest that there is a plural nature to God. Elohim is also used through the Bible to describe pagan gods, angels, spirits, even kings and prophets, all in a plural sense. There are varying thoughts from Jewish scholars on the plural nature of Elohim when it comes to God. For instance, some say that maybe the Israelites borrowed the term from the Canaanites' reference to their deities. There's lots of different explanations. I told you it was going to be a fun morning. Lots of um, thoughts on, <laughs> on this by different scholars and I found it really fascinating reading it because it just, I just ended up laughing because it was like they're just really trying to explain something they can't. Elohim, plural, God, three in one. But get a load of this. Later on in chapter one, we're going to look at 26 and 27. Then God said, now we're going to pause here. These words we read all through chapter one, God said, God said, God said, let there be light, God said, God said, God said, lots of God saids. So we've already established that God is plural, said is a singular verb. So they're using a singular verb 
for a plural noun. Who does that? So that's like a singular verb, said, is like me saying Tom said. However, if I said Tom and Sue's said, the Hebrew word for that would be, in, for, for said, would be in plural form. It's not. So in, in this text, the Hebrew word for God is plural and the Hebrew word for said is singular. The rest of the verse goes like this. Then God said, God plural, said, singular, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on earth and the small animals that scurry along the ground. Now, I don't know about you, but when I'm creating something, I might be baking something, I don't go, let us put the flour in, let us stir it a little, let us put it in the oven, now let us eat it. <laughs> but then verse 27, so God, plural, created human beings in his own image. So we've lost the our, their, whatever, his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. And their people, right in the very first chapter of the Bible, begins the mystery of the Trinity. Excited? <laughs> so, as I said, I'd love to dig deeper into this today, but we don't have time. So, hit up your connect group leaders, and I'd really love to hear what you come up with. Ian? Not looking at you? So, to get us started in trying to understand this beautiful mystery, I'm going to break the Trinity down and we're going to look at verses that talk about God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. So God the Father, Psalm 68.5, Father to the fatherless, defender of widows, this is God, whose dwelling is holy. Psalm 89.26, he shall cry to me, you are my Father, my God, and the rock of my salvation. John 6.27 do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him, God the Father has placed his seal of approval. James 1.17, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. God the Father. How about God the Son? John 1.18, no one has ever seen God, but the one and only Son, who is himself God and is in closest relationship with the Father, has made him known. Romans 9.5, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob are their ancestors, and Christ himself was an Israelite as far as human nature is concerned, and he is God the one who rules over everything and is worthy of eternal praise. Colossians 2.9, For in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body. Does that just, I've been a Christian for 40 years and that just still blows my mind. <laughs> for in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body. Philippians 2.6-7, Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. Hebrews 1, 8 to 9. But to the Son, he, 
as in God the Father, says, your throne, O God, endures forever and ever. You rule with a scepter of justice. You love justice and hate evil. Therefore, O God, your God has anointed you, pouring out the oil of joy on you more than on anyone else. Isn't that beautiful? God the Son. That God the Holy Spirit Acts 5, 3 to 4, then Peter said, Ananias, why have you let Satan fill your heart? You lied to the Holy Spirit, and you kept some of the money for yourself. The property was yours to sell or not sell as you wished, and after selling it, the money was also yours to give away. How could you do a thing like this? You weren't lying to us, but to God. So at the beginning of the verse, he's telling Ananias that he lied to the Holy Spirit. At the end of the verse, he's saying that that was to God. By lying to the Holy Spirit, he was lying to God. 1 Corinthians 3.16 Don't you realize that all of you together are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God lives in you? 2 Corinthians 17-18 The heart is free where the Spirit of the Lord is. The Lord is the Spirit. All of us, with no covering on our faces, show the shining greatness of the Lord as in a mirror. All the time we're being changed to look like him with more and more of his shining greatness. This change is from the Lord who is the Spirit. Now we see in these scriptures three distinct persons of God. And we need to know that they're not just different forms of God. It's not one God choosing which form he might appear in at any given time. God is made up of three distinct persons. And to back this up, we see occasions in the Bible where all three are interacting and working together at the same time. Matthew 3, 16 to 17 says, After his baptism, Jesus came up out of the water. The heavens were opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and settling on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my dearly loved Son, who brings me great joy. So Father, Son, and Spirit all seen and heard in that same beautiful moment. Can you imagine being there? Oh my goodness. <laughs> Incredible. John 15, 25, Jesus says, the helper, or the Holy Spirit, will tell about me when he comes. I will send him to you from the Father. He is the Spirit of truth and comes from the Father. Acts 2, 33 says, now he, as in Jesus, is exalted to the place of highest honor in heaven at God's right hand. And the Father, as he had promised, gave him the Holy Spirit to pour out on us, just as you see in here today. And the last one, Galatians 4, 6, and because we are his children, God has sent the Spirit of his Son into our hearts, prompting us to call out, Abba, Father. Isn't it beautiful to see how the, the three of them work together as one? So again, what we see here is three distinct persons of the one God. They're not each one-third of God. They are all fully God. All three persons are all-knowing, all-powerful, all-eternal. They coexist. They are co-equal. They are God. Elohim. Each of these three persons of the Godhead play differing roles in our lives. God the Father calls us into relationship with him. 
He adopts us as his children and heirs. He is the giver of life and our creator. He's the sovereign ruler. He is justice. He is compassion. He reconciles and justifies us through Christ his son. God the son redeemed us and made us righteous before the father, paying our penalty Being incarnate or fully human, he experienced our earthly trials so that he could relate to us. He prays and meditates for us. He reveals the Father's heart to us, and he shows us how to walk as children of God. He, the Son of God, is the only way to the Father. God the Spirit dwells within us transforming us into Christ's likeness. He convicts us. He points us to the Father. He intercedes for us. He comforts us. He empowers us to love and serve God. And as I was thinking about the Holy Spirit, I thought about a boxing ring. And, you know, you've got your ropes around the outside, and I see the Holy Spirit a little bit like the ropes. You know, we sort of get towards the edge. We might be starting to... You know, here's God's will for us, and we're kind of like, I really kind of want to do my own thing, and he's just gently going, no, you don't, back in the ring, back in the ring. You know, the Holy Spirit's very like that. But he's also like the gloves. He empowers the punch. Yeah, Holy Spirit's a boxer. thought Nikita might like that. (laughs) One God, three persons. Let me put that diagram up. Yeah. So the Father is God. The Son is God. The Holy Spirit is God. The Father is not the Son or the Holy Spirit. The Son is not the Father or the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not the Son or the Father. Although we will never fully understand or unlock the mystery of the Trinity, the mystery of Elohim, we can know the love of God the Father We can be grateful for the redemption and access given by God the Son. And we can be guided, empowered, and transformed by God the Holy Spirit. As believers, what does relationship with the Trinity look like? We come to the Father through the Son and empowered by the Holy Spirit. I hope in that very simple talk, I've been able to unlock a little of the mystery for you today. Don't stop there. Don't stop there. Keep digging in and ask the Lord to reveal himself to you. Dig in and get to know God the Father better. Read the word and get to know God the Son better. Honestly, it's where I go when I want to know how to handle a situation. It's like, how did Jesus handle that? Let him teach you. Get to know the Holy Spirit better because he's been sent to us to do this walk with us and help us and empower us and fill us with his presence. He's been sent to go everywhere with us. Don't go without him. Let's pray.